Welcome to Gator Tracks, the new daily podcast on the Orange and Blue Sports Network, where we give you everything you need to know about the latest in Florida Gator sports in less than 10 minutes. Today is Wednesday, February 21st, and I am Alex Wynn. Right off the bat, the number four Gators baseball team was back on the diamond last night and bounced back from their opening loss to St. John's by absolutely throttling North Florida 10-0 in seven innings. The Gators had a great night at the plate, concluding with 14 hits on the night. The leading batter was Cade Curlin, who went four for five, which is a career-high hits in a game for him, and he scored all four times that he was on base. A large part of that was because the guy who was following him was Jack Caglione, right? I mean, Jack Caglione, beast. He shined on the evening, going two for three at the plate, including four RBIs, as well as a home run to right field in the first inning. And following him was Luke Heyman, who also went two for three and had two RBIs himself. So a good evening at the plate for the Gators. But the big storyline on the night was the defense, okay? Freshman right-hander Liam Peterson made the absolute most of his collegiate debut. Peterson tallied seven strikeouts in only three innings. And uh, that means that he struck out Seven of the nine people he faced. He only allowed one hit and then walked another batter. Uh, Fisher Jamison, ooh, sorry. Fisher Jamison, Jake Clement, and Blake Purnell would all come in later in the game to hold the Ospreys to only two hits on the night. And the Gators recorded no errors. The game concluded after seven innings due to the 10-run rule. And tonight, the squad looks to repeat last night's success as the first pitch against the Ospreys is set for 630. Also yesterday, the Gators women's golf team finished off the Moon Golf Invitational in Melbourne, Florida. Florida finished tied fifth with Texas A&M shooting a team score of nine over. However, Gators senior Maisie Filler placed a top the leaderboard, winning the tournament outright amongst all individuals. And by the way, there were 17 teams competing and Filler beat every single player there. She shot a 66 on the first round, a 69 on the second, and a 72 on the third, finishing nine under in the tournament and three strokes ahead of the second place finishers. But despite Filler's unbelievable performance, the other Gators struggled to carry their weight as no other players for the Gators shot below par. LSU, who won this tournament last year, proved to be the best out of the 17 teams competing with an impressive team score of 14 under. The Gators will be back on the course March 2nd in Gainesville competing in the Gainesville, sorry, in the Gators Invitational. And also throughout the week, the Gators men's and women's swimming and diving teams are competing in the SEC championships. The men are in pursuit of their 12th straight conference championship, and the women are looking to clinch back-to-back conference titles after topping the leaderboard last year. Now, before we move ahead to a huge, 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 huge game for the Gators men's basketball squad, let's take a quick look at some final hoop scores from the SEC last year night. Arkansas went on the road and pulled off a bit of an upset in College Station, beating Texas A&M 78-71. And speaking of upsets, Missouri almost, keyword almost, pulled off an upset against number five, Tennessee. Missouri led with seven, led by seven with under 16 minutes to play, but Tennessee led by forward Tobey Awaka's career high 18 point night and 17 points by Dalton Connect. They went on a 32-12 run over the course of 11 minutes in the second half and were able to come away with a hard-earned win. 
And uh, oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this. Number one, UConn got destroyed 85 to 66 by number 15, Creighton. March is just around the corner. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to what everybody wants to hear. Tonight, the 24th ranked Gators men's basketball team travels to Tuscaloosa to play one of the best teams in the SEC, number 13, Alabama. Now, hang on a second. Anything in that sentence sound strange or maybe a little unfamiliar to you? Well, it was probably the ranking in front of Florida's name because the Gators haven't been ranked since, guess when, 2021. And this is the first time the team's been ranked under head coach Todd Golden. Florida has currently won seven of their last eight games, including two ranked wins over top 15 teams in Kentucky and Auburn. However... Going into Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa is one of the toughest challenges in college basketball. Alabama is 2-10 in SEC play and holds a 12-1 home record. That's pretty good. The Crimson Tide are one of the best scoring teams in the country, averaging around 90.7 points per game. Their leading scorer is senior guard Mark Sears, who averages 20.5 points per game, which also leads all scores in the SEC. Florida's 84.8 points per game trails the Tide by a good margin. However, Florida's interior presence with big men Tyree Samuel and Micah Hanlogton, who are two of the premier rebounders in college basketball, could sway the trend. Todd Golden has put out the same starting lineup in the past 14 appearances. So expect Zion Poland, Walter Clayton Jr., Will Richard, Tyree Samuel, and Micah Hanlogton to be the starting five to hit the floor. Florida is a red-hot team, right? They're ranked. Things are going well. But they still haven't fully proven themselves as many of their games, many of their wins have been nail-biters, and the game they lost to Texas A&M was by one point. So yes, they're winning, but they're not really proving that they can dominate teams. Still, a win is a win, and if Florida wants to continue climbing the rankings and knock down a powerhouse in Alabama, the keys of the game are going to be, one, shutting down Mark Sears as much as possible, leading short of the SEC, got to stop him. Two, limiting turnovers, which is especially important in such a wild road environment. And three, getting Samuel and Hanlogton to dominate the boards, okay? Alabama a lot of times likes to play a smaller offense with only one 6'11 guy out there. So if Florida can take advantage of that right there, that could be, you know, a big momentum shift. It should also be noted that these two teams will face off again in two weeks on March 5th in Gainesville. Tonight's game airs on ESPN2 and is set to tip off at 7 p.m. Also today, the number 14 Gators softball team joins the baseball squad at UNF and will play a doubleheader against the Ospreys. The first game is set at 4 and the second game is at 6.30. Florida looks to avenge their 3-0 loss to number 7 Oklahoma State on Monday over the 6-3 Ospreys. Keep an eye on Gators junior Kendra Falby when she steps up to the plate. Falby's 19 hits this season leads the SEC and ranks third nationally. The softball squad is also set for more doubleheaders this Friday and Saturday against Colgate and Lafayette College in Gainesville at the T-Mobile Tournament, and then another game on Sunday against UIC. The baseball team will also play a three-game weekend series against Columbia at home. All right, that's all for this edition of Gator Tracks. Follow the Orange and Blue Sports Network on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at OBSN Gators. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next episode.